Manor. Hello, welcome to Tip Manor Podcast. Uh, it's been, what, a month or so, four games later, and we're back again. The vibes are going to be different on this week's pod, something tells me. Um, I'm James. Hello. We've got John. Hi, John. Yeah, yeah. Got any anecdotes today for us? There are anecdotes, but as we're recording now, we are kind of like in that nice place where you're sort of almost halfway between the pain having just cut, having just been, and the pain that could happen in three or four days' time in Oxford United World. So I'm yeah. quite calm. I'm quite, you know, okay. the rage is gone. You seem measured. I like it. We need measure on this podcast. Um, I'm going to bring the fickleness myself. Connor, what what are you going to bring? Um, equal swearing. amounts, if not more, of oh, and swearing, yeah, but of, of fickleness, definitely. And I definitely notice fickleness. you're you're chomping on a, a dairy milk bar, one of the big mm. ones. What 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 breed is it? I've actually got a marvelous creations. I don't know what that means. Is that the one, the one that like anyone can write in and then come up with their own concoction? Well, they did they did do that initially, but now it's got like jelly beans and like popping candy and stuff in it. Yeah, it's decent. Yeah, sounds disgraceful nah, it's, to the confectionery world. Does a job. Okay, right into us at, needs. at Tip Manor podcast with any uh, con- confectionery no, banter. No, let's not do that. Let's, no, not, let's, let's not. not let's not go back to those early days of uh, biscuit wars. We did used that. to do dinner chat, didn't we, quite regularly. That was my that was in my early hosting days where I had nothing nothing else to say. Now I can spontaneously ask about chocolate. Right. Agenda. Uh we'll go to, go through the news matches. We got Plymouth, Morecambe, Sunderland and something's missing. Ipswich. Was it was in there somewhere, isn't it? Um which I think is the first one where we'll start. Uh, League One, we'll wrap that up. Um, well, it's quite depressing. Uh, we'll look at Fleetwood on Saturday and we might have a little bit of chat looking at the, the squad and thinking about next season. But, you know, if we're feeling optimistic and we believe by the end of the pod that the season's not over, maybe we'll we'll can that. But we'll see where we get to. Um, it's worth noting, the last time we did a pod, it was after the 2-1 win against Shrewsbury, which feels a long, long time ago, if you remember Brannigan's penalty late on winning it. And that too, I'm going to say this slowly, guys, because this is going to set the scene for the for the, for the the rage that's going to follow, or sadness, whichever way you're going to look at it. That took us to 68 points from 38 games. We were fourth in the league, uh, four points clear of Sheffield Wednesday in seventh, and we were six points clear of Wickham, who were in eighth. Fast forward four games. We're now four points behind both Wednesday and Wickham. So that represents eight and ten point swings, albeit there's a there was a few games in hand within there. But yeah, what a what a time to hit what is definitely our worst form of the season. So before we get actually let's get on to the news because we're gonna end up talking about this when we get into the games. But I thought so I'd just the, start the, on a happy I, note. I was gonna I, say the no, the news is probably a little bit more uplifting. <laughs> The, the rest of it. So let's let's do let's do that before we just depress I, ourselves for the next sixty minutes. I was I was smiling as you talked because I was enjoying the deadpan delivery, but equally <laughs> just how ridiculous a situation this <laughs> this when, is. When you outlined the first, the, like as it stood, I nearly said, "Ah, oh, good memories." Yeah, Obviously, John. When, yeah, just before we started recording, John was saying 
when you said you looked at your notes from the last pod when we were you were kind of thinking about who we were playing in the playoffs, not if yeah, we were getting there. I'd done I did some scribbles before I did um wasn't at the game after Plymouth and I'd sort of done a few sort of reasons to be positive, reasons to be negative about the team overall. And one of them was I'm not worried about any of the teams we're due to play in the playoffs in terms of like playing style, <laughs> thinking about if we have to play Sunderland or Sheffield Wednesday, strike a line through that point, <laughs> something so, to not be positive so, about. So, right, John, you, you, weren't, you weren't the only one that kind of gave us the kiss of death in that sense, because I did the same thing with that little article that I did with, with is, it, is it Gabby from, is that yeah. his name? Can't remember, yeah. Yeah, um, Gab Sutton. Yeah, yeah, it, it was the same thing then. I, I basically said that we were, you know, Jack, Jack, Jack who's not here, did one for a Roker Report. So we did our combined best efforts, really. I was going to say, it's basically, we're, we're sabotaging ourselves and making it our own fault. People just blame our blame us. Jack blame pr- predicted a 3-2 win, didn't he? I, saw, I read it. It was good. Jack, oh. it was a good interview. I felt positive and now I feel sad again. Right. That's um, the way of supporting Oxford United. <laughs> okay, News. John might be drooling over this first one. Anthony Ford has signed a new deal with us. It's been that long. That news was out so long ago, which tells me <laughs> we definitely haven't potted for a while. Uh, he's played 93 times for us since joining from Rotherham, scoring four goals. Um, John, what are your thoughts on it? Like good, good, solid squad player, versatile, has good, good set piece delivery. I mean, I was surprised. Uh, I kind of thought at the end of the season he would either sign somewhere else or we'd let him go with deepest gratitude because he's more than good enough to play 40 games a season in League One for, I'd have said, most clubs or certainly sort of top half down. Um, but clearly something's gone on then where he's he said he's happy to take another one-year deal knowing that he probably still isn't guaranteed to play that many games. But as all the reasons you just said, he's worth having around and it suggests he adds quite a lot to the squad out of the starting lineup if KR wants him around. Yeah. Um, I still think he's got yeah, loads to offer. There's there's games where I would have said I'd have put him into into the team even Where where would you put him? Right back or in midfield? Uh I mean, so for example, um when we played uh, a couple of games ago, we played Kane and McGuane. I would have been tempted to put Ford in next to Kane and sort of someone a bit you know, things like that. Um but as a right back, we know he can do a job, um, so it probably makes sense. Just yeah, I was a bit surprised by it, really. Yeah, Connor, what are your thoughts? I can't believe he's twenty eight. <laughs> I thought he was older than that. <laughs> I'm twenty six this year. I'm like, what? I'm like, I thought he was. I thought he was a lot older than that. Um, anyway, yeah, I, I'm quite happy with that. I think. I think it's a, you know, it's, it's a no risk deal, really, isn't it? You know, he, he only ever offers. Um, something positive for the whole squad, I think, and obviously KR's tapped into that, so that's obviously the reason why why we've got him, got him in for another couple of years. So, yeah, yeah I'm happy with that. I've, I've got no complaints, definitely not. Yeah, so it was a one year deal with an option for a further year, but yeah, good squad player to have around, like John says, lots of experience. Um, and as you say, he's 28, so I think that it's good to get players that have played most of their career at this level, kind of locked down. Um, Next bit of news, yeah. club club accounts came out. So as expected, um, due to when the kind of the last batch of accounts were kind of delivered, 
and the timing of those including lots of stuff around player sales this you know we had we were in profit in 2020 for like 1.5 million um which is due to all the sales that we had in place um who was it that was so i was looking at it earlier it was back gavin white baptiste and fossu um profit of sales on 5.7 million and then obviously in that was reduced to 1.8 in 2021 when Rob Dickey went to QPR. And now we're 3.78 million um, in the in the red, essentially, this year. And I think what they were saying, obviously, COVID's have a, had a massive part to do with that. Um, but it just looked like the shareholders, Connor, are just uh, emptying their pockets to kind of keep the club ticking along. And I guess we thank them for that. Yeah, of course. But obviously, that's part of their... Part of their responsibility being at that you know in that position at a football club football clubs don't make notoriously don't make money particularly in this in this uh this league uh, i mean obviously covid impacted clubs in the lower divisions far far more than it did in in the premier league um particularly when you link it to broadcast rights and that sort of thing and sponsorship deals so obviously it was an expected loss really wasn't it you know it was something that that i think Every club, I imagine, in the EFL expected to happen. Um, and I actually think it's a relatively... It's not as bad as I thought it was going to be, to be honest. Um, I think those those sales of those players came weirdly at, at, at a good time, even though, obviously, we weren't aware what was coming up in terms of COVID and the impact that would have. But I think it probably, probably saved us from having um, even more financial problems, to be honest. Yeah. If you think back to... A lot of the time during the sort of the the, pan, the core of the pandemic, there was never even a sniff from the club about the financial challenges or costs or cutting back. And you got the sense that the Tiger or, or the shareholders in particular were shouldering shouldering the, the money to make that that happen. And I think you know if you read the sort of stuff that the Oxford Mail have done, that, that comes out where it says the amount that wrote to them has gone up to about three million quid. Which I don't think we need to worry about because they, you know, do seem to be here for the long term. They're obviously dialed into the stadium project, so they're obviously willing to to support them out of losses. Um, they're obviously still there if, for whatever reason, they decided to move on. But then that debt goes with the club. So yeah, so, so there we are. It does. It does take us into the aptly named speculative bollocks section of news. Where um, mainly because it relates to us trademark, going back. trademark trademark yep yeah. um, <laughs> it kind of relates back to the the model again and trying to understand kind of where we are on our journey of you know bringing in players mainly from Ireland and then developing them and then selling them <laughs> for a, a much more inflated fee but there was lots of news in more than like ten different places yes maybe in kind of nonsense kind of those weird ad heavy kind of pages you find weird newspapers online um but mcnally was was subject to bids apparently from tottenham a week or so ago and two million was the number that was thrown around but you've got to think again like weird yeah but i i kind of i i i get it i don't Maybe I not. Maybe it. not skip the championship, but I, team, yeah. it's it's not much of a punt for them, really, is it? Loaning back, maybe. Well, well, I'd like to think. I'd like to think so. If that actually is genuinely a thing, like Spurs, of you know of that caliber of club, you know, I'd like to think there probably is a loan back in there. See, because... see, I'd one. I wonder whether there would be 
because I would guess certainly at the Premier League level, they kind of want to get these players into their systems, into their certain under-23 teams and all the like. And then they don't necessarily look to loan back because the benefit to them of a player playing in League One isn't perhaps as great because there is a massive mm. divide. I don't know if that's if that's the case for playing in under-23s, um, maybe being around the first team potentially. But I also mm. find that a team like Spurs, like really, like... I'm, I know Conte's uh, money might be a little bit short after the uh, after the stadium development and the rest of it, but I can't imagine two million quid is anything he's going to be reaching into his back pocket for a uh, centre half, he... especially at Tottenham, considering they need a left sided centre half, not a not a not a right right sided player. I doubt he'd even I doubt he'd even be making the signing or oh, roughly no, roughly Conte's not there obviously. going, Luke McNally. <laughs> he might be. He might be. Obviously, I, I know that's not the case. I'm he's just saying. Chiellini like. Yeah. He's just like Chiellini. Yeah, he's Chiellini like. Yeah. <laughs> get him in. It's just the Irish version. Oh. I, I, I really hope this actually doesn't have any truth. I think it's just a bit ridiculous. But my, it's, my point, t- it's typical, isn't it? I guess the point is, though, like there's got to be. You know, there'll be interest for sure. Like, yeah, that, there'll Tottenham's be interest. A funny example, but yeah, I think so. Th- that was all over the place, and then obviously Brannigan will come back round again. And I think the figures that were thrown around for Cam were just nonsense um, during January. So it's ju- it's just going to be interesting, isn't it? With all those losses over us, yes, we're back to having kind of bumper. You know, we're breaking records this season for home attendances, so hopefully that's really helping the club yeah. along. But you just the, At- the Atkinson money. Will come in. Oh yeah, as well. is, is the mm-hmm. other thing with these latest yeah. figures. But it's your point. The model will will stay the same, assuming we're still in League One this season. Mm-hmm. I don't see how it can shift to any different. Um, well, we don't know yeah. the stadium. I wonder really... whether or not our sorry, James. Um, I wonder whether or not our model just to, or the model as we always refer to it as just applies to centre backs <laughs> because at the moment it just seems to be centre back in play one season or couple of seasons, develop them, sell them on. It just seems like whoever's the uh, who are in the scouting network for us. I guess it's just an easy sell, isn't it? Yeah, has a good has a good look on centre backs. They obviously know what they're looking at because uh, we've had some crackers in the last few years, definitely. Yeah. Well, yeah, we'll see. I guess we're going to find out this summer, and let's not speculate anymore. And that was the end of the speculative bollocks section. Thank you. Um, matches then. So let's start with Ipswich, which feels like it was a long, long, long time ago. Um, this was an interesting one, wasn't it, John? Kind of looking back. For, for me, I summed it up as really good first half, worked their keeper a few times. Um, Gavin White was the one that got through a few half chances. And then we were just really crap second half and we were lucky to get a draw right at the death. Any builds on that? No, I I really don't want to sort of <clears throat> begin the pile on on Gavin White, but there was definitely one chance in that where Bowden put him put it on a plate, and mm. it's got to go in. Um, doesn't necessarily change the nature of this game overall, I think, because Ipswich were actually pretty good, and I think you saw an example of how to play the system, the sort of three five or four three or whatever you want to call it. You saw an example of a team that's played it all season had all the right players for all the right positions and actually played it pretty well. Yeah. And if you look at their goal, in contrast 
to most of the goals we tend to concede, which is jumping a little bit to ahead, they actually cut us wide open. It was a ball round the side of McNally. It wasn't the ball behind Williams or behind Sykes at wing back. It was actually a really good goal. And all right, somebody should have been tracking the guy who scored because he had a he was just stood in the middle of the penalty box. But the point was, we were actually cut open in a re- in a good way, and I don't have a problem with that. Um, you say, you say that though, but it was, and I know it's referenced further down, but we conceded. I swear against Pompey when what's his face Ronan Curtis scored from account from a counter, and we were just left with far too many people up the pitch, like McNally obviously going on one of his big runs. So then you've got Bolton did it as well. Yeah, so Bolton, Pompey, and then obviously more recently, and we'll get on to it, um, it happened again, obviously, against Sunderland. But it's definitely a theme of those... I know what you mean. Like those, It's nice to kind of score goals that aren't bollocks, like the one against... First goal against Morecambe. Which you is can just, see them, yeah. Yeah, just where a team's kind of worked worked you out through good play. I don't, play and I don't think passes. it. I mean, I might be wrong, but I don't think the Ipswich one was as much of a counter as some of the other ones. But it was fundamentally, it, it was a well-worked goal within reason. And our problem is too many of the Morecams and the first we conceded against Accrington where it's just bad headers, falls to a player and they just put it in. Um, but yeah, I mean... It's a whole can of worms, the defensive yeah. situation. Great header from McNally. He's becoming a beast, isn't he, Connor? I know we've just been talking about him and his impending move to Spurs. <laughs> but, um... Thanks to Conte. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I vividly remember this one just because we were watching it together, weren't we, James? And you were just like, oh, it's a corner. Definitely, definitely, big McNally's going to come up and score a header, and you literally just like you, you said it into existence, and he, and he and he did, and obviously it was a fantastic, fantastic header, and it was a great, great result really when you look at the game because I think, as John alluded to just then, Ipswich really did have the better of us, I think, for most of the game. Um, I think I think they they were well valued for the three points, and I actually thought. I mean, quite a lot of us said at the end of this game, you know, it shows a bit of character, you know, that we were able to pull a result back from a exactly. game where we didn't play particularly well. And we yeah. were at home, obviously, because, you know, keeping our home record, as in not, you know, not losing many at home, was really important. So it ended up being quite a good result. Um, just unfortunately, what transpired after this is kind of the reason why we're in the position that we're in now, which I guess is a bit of a segue to Plymouth. <laughs> yeah, but you're, you are right that... You know, on the face of it, it was it looked like a massive point and a way yeah. to keep like an unbeaten run going. Yeah, and yeah. especially it was it was good to not lose against a team because Ipswich, if they'd won that, they were clawing clawing us back even at that. Yeah, point. they were. Yeah, so yeah, definitely. It was just yeah. kind of like a statement goal in a way, and I think everyone was feeling the same thing. Like they just ride that positivity into Plymouth, and we did. Like first half against Plymouth, John. Um, we were superb, I thought. Yeah, I, d- I definitely agree with you. Like the front three, we did something a little bit different with that and that was working really well. Plymouth weren't any anything like they were when we played them at home where they were just sort of yeah. passing passing us off the pitch. Systems they're playing, they were playing were superb, but we were just being physical with them. Kane was actually starting to look, look quite good in that game, if I recall as well. Bowden was kind of doing that sort of Maverick cruising around type of stuff, um, but then uh, 
then we get a a not very good uh, decision. And um, well, uh, but even before that, yeah. Though, Sorry, yeah, I, 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 of course, I was, White's before that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Like I was gonna say, because I, I I was giving Connor a window whilst he's chomping his chocolate. I was giving him a window. Um, <laughs> Sorry, on Gavin White because I know Connor. It's been a particular thing for you. Okay, the amount of times mm. you've been calling him out, but. Mm. Um, Ipswich, yeah. the Ipswich at home game, he he had a couple of chances that where he could have just put kind of started to put the game to bed first half and then didn't take those. We got to Plymouth and I think it was Bo was it Bowden or I forget who played played him in, but he was definitely on side mm. and he he was bearing down on goal probably around the penalty spot, wasn't he? Keeper off his line, he's yeah. got to score, hasn't he? Just got to score. I just get. So frustrated with Gavin White, and I think it's it's shared amongst probably quite a lot of fellow Oxford fans, really, because on you know on paper he's had a decent season in terms of his assists. He's been a very key player in that sense. He makes fantastic runs. You know, he creates space for other players. But I think in front of goal, he has missed so many key opportunities this season. And I just, I really do. I've always said this for for this year particularly, where. Gavin White, you can see he's a League One player because of, because of the way he's going at the moment. If he was scoring these opportunities that he finds himself in, he'd be a Championship player. And I think this is where his first transfer, obviously, into the Championship from us came from, really, because he had a decent season with us in front of goal. It wasn't anything major. Had a hat trick. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't anything major. I think he scored, what did he score eight, did he? I think something like that, seven or eight. He, he, he's a player though that's got. But, 10 assists is what I was going to say. So yeah. he's already on 10 assists. Let's say you add a couple to that before the end of the season, perhaps. If yeah. he was in double figures for goals, then he's a top-end championship player, isn't he? Yeah, that's, definitely. That's why he's not there. That's why he's not there, because he can't finish to save his uh, to save his life. I was going to swear then, because he really does. Actually, I'm going to swear now. He really does piss me off, to be honest I mean, with you, in front th- of goals. It's <laughs> just so frustrating. This feels like Matt a ridiculous thing to say, and I'm not pinning it on Gavin White. But if you do think about some of the chances he's missed, which are numerous across the season, do we have three, four, five extra points right now? And some of the goals, some of the chances he's missed it, they wouldn't have changed games. And there's lots of other things that have happened. So I'm, yeah. That's why I'm so anxious to avoid the pile because I've got a lot of faith in Gavin White. I still think I would sign him if he was available. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, no, I agree, John. I um, think... Given what I said, I still think I would sign him if he was available. But I do think that he has found his level at League One. I don't think he's above and beyond League One. Is what I'm trying to say. I, I would definitely, I'd definitely sign him. Yeah. Like when when it's him or Holland, I would always go Gavin White <laughs> because I because I believe we know that. that I yeah. Believe, yeah, I believe he can score those chances he's missed this season, and I feel sad every time he does. Yeah, mm. I do think we the the keepers save it like he did get it on target against Plymouth and the keeper's save is ridiculous it's like he right the keepers saves it with his feet and he raises his feet up in the air to like to do it so I think there's a there's a little bit you've got to I think it's just the like the consistency of White being the one that gets clean through or is the yeah. last man and just not his runs are fantastic and he gets in the position. Yeah, exactly. Reads the game so well. Yeah. And then it, he did it in Morecambe whilst we're here. He got put, it wasn't an easy chance. It was like a half chance at best. He got put put through just the keeper and he just missed the ball, didn't he? Yeah. Like, if you remember. Yeah, like, this is it. It's like we were saying, like Kevin White offers more than, you know, 
than just those opportunities, but he creates he creates them through his through his ability of, of obviously running into space and the rest of it and his pace. But you, I'd love to know what he works on on training. I'd just love to know. Like I'd love to be an insider because. If, if it was football manager, players, would it be one of those things where you do you have to switch custom training on and then you just put finishing on every yeah, single constantly, day? Constantly. Every single Aggressive, day. Aggressive. Yeah. Heavy. Yeah, you would. You would. Because honestly, I think if he improves that side of his game, he could become, you know, he could become, even now, he's still young. He could still become a decent championship player. But I just don't I just don't see it at the moment, given the fact that he misses so many key opportunities. And it and it does really frustrate me. I'm sure it frustrates so many of us that watch the watch Oxford. We've definitely piled on after John's wish to not pile. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If Gavin does listen, I'm sorry, Gavin. You know, I do. I do like you really, but um, you know, I doubt. I doubt he's listening. Yeah. Anyway, um, the half carried on going. Taylor like um, nearly lobbed the keeper at one point. Bowden um, was played in from a deep cross far post, and again the keeper like he managed to get it on target, and again the keeper just managed to be in the right place, right time, and got a hand on it. Um, and even before, so we went in at half time nil nil, but we were absolutely the better team. It's a shame our fans. There was low. How many we brought? Like a we packed out that sell out. Yeah, and that, it was a shame that they didn't get a goal because we absolutely deserved it, and it was down at that end first half. Bowden yeah. um had one of those moments, didn't he, John, where he kind of cut in with his trademark, kind of create some space on his left foot, and it just looked destined to go in, didn't it? But he has got he's got that ability just to still find a way to take a take a shot in those situations but i said to you at the time i'd put my house on that going going in from that position and again it's it's another big chance in the game that would have changed the direction this game had gone because like i said before plymouth were nothing special really um they did suddenly in the second half notice that we had makeshift wing backs and that's certainly been exposed yeah. Over the recent games. I think teams have worked that one out. Um but Bowden scores that. And all right, White scores the early one and, and the like. Um And we score I forgot to mention, sorry, and we maybe score a penalty and they get um, a red card at the same time. Which Yeah, go on, James. You you should take this one because I don't, you were I don't, absolutely fuming with this one. You broke you broke social media with a with this I did just yeah. You people did, got you well you ended up getting the pile on of Plymouth fans going, Wee after the game with lots of crying faces and other did you not things. think though that it exposes the you know the, the fickleness of us all that there are still so many fans out there that will look at that and go, No, no, he's on. He's on. You can just you could you can't quite see from this angle, but he's on because a nanosecond before his left his left lace was a, a different sign. You're like, just look at it and go, We got away with it. Just just do that. Most to be fair, most of their fans were like we we deserve you know not enough, it's about though. time we had not some enough. luck. Just Definitely drop, not enough. Drop but the, the ma- fickleness when it's so bloody clear cut. The main <laughs> thing about it that was confusing. We're all people. like that though. I no, think this is like next level of like <laughs> you know, just anyway. Who was it? Was it Bo I think it was Bowden and or maybe it was White, White. and Taylor. And White had curved his run really, really well, and he was the one that was bearing down on goal. And then got taken out, but it would have been a red card. And the ref had mm. given a he'd given the penalty. penalty yeah. And by the letter of the law, that there's that double jeopardy thing. But he made no attempt to get the ball, so he would have had to have been sent off. We would have had a penalty. So even even if we missed the penalty with Brannigan not on the pitch, you fan you really fancy us after the first half. So 
I'm getting annoyed again. But it was that is a massive that you know potentially a massive moment for the season. Yeah, um, this game I would put in the unlucky box of this of, of yeah, this yeah. of this run yeah. that we kind of all that's culminated in where we are. This is the one where nothing in there beyond. I thought the subs were a bit weird and the sort of that sort of change of things, but that's a bit of a minor whinge, really. I think overall, we didn't do too much wrong yeah, in this. The only things I'd say that their goal was a bit, it was a good oh, so, volley. Yeah. But again, they had two two blokes like stood next to each other going to, like Chuckle Brothers to me, to you style, waiting for one of them to kick it. Yeah, and then... I don't know what Sykes was doing as well for the when the ball came across, they're sort of their wing back just walked inside him. Um, yeah. I mean, that was another classic poor one to concede. The thing that got me That's... though, is they, they scored on the 56th minute and we didn't really create a chance, you know, like once we were behind, we didn't really do anything. And that, that was the only thing that got me. Otherwise I thought it was a great, I definitely still put it in the unlucky box, but yeah. I don't know. Same with what John, John just said there about the changes as well. It's like, I, I really don't understand where this, this, this whole idea of, oh, we're behind, let's chuck Sam, Sam Winnell on the pitch comes from all the time because nothing comes from it whenever he's on the pitch. Whenever we change the system of play, let's try and play more direct. It doesn't work. It just really, really frustrates me when he's the player that they bring on as a sub, especially so well, early we on in this game. We didn't have a player on the pitch who could sort of basically knit some, start to knit some pass together, i.e. Branigan, because it was just like five solo individual attackers and it was just chaos ball and... Right, Henry made a difference. I was, was going to say, Henry but, looked like he had another yeah, level of composure above everyone else to be like, I'll put my foot on the ball and actually look up for the right But in passes. terms of like still moving the ball from side to side and kind of building up, it was just a bit too much. Right, oh, where's the ball? Right, let's go from there. It was just sort of chaos, which could have worked, but felt a bit sort of unstructured. Yeah. So that was an unlucky defeat, 1-0. Um, they partied like it was 1999 and it really pissed KR off um, in the dressing room in his post-match. You were on, wasn't at the game when you joined. Oh, that in- listening to that interview, I was pissing myself just because it, I mean, I was still annoyed, but I just loved it. I loved how angry he was. The way he snapped at Nathan was just hilarious. But I mean, it. I mean, it's it's hard to talk about it now. Sort of but at the time I was like, this is fantastic. It's kind of, it's fired him up. It's going to be that whole, Look, they're celebrating like they've already gone up. We're going to play them in the playoffs, and we'll stick, we'll shove it to them. And I love all that sort of stuff about, you know, you hear about teams over celebrating before they've actually done anything and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Um. Sadly, I, it didn't. I mean, that's what I mean. I love it when you take that energy and that drive into the next game away at Morecambe, who are really struggling <laughs> in the league, and you convert that energy. Actually, we did, didn't we? Third minute, that energy was piling through. We take the lead with Matty Taylor. We're all watching yeah. going, yes, it's going to be one of them 7-0 away wins that we get every now and then. I mean, we've gone Bizarre. back to four three three and looked looked good. I know. Yeah. And why that ever said, went away, who knows? Yeah, well, we said, didn't we, that I think one of the key things to settle that game down was to get an early goal because obviously there was a bit of pressure on us given the last result and we came out the blocks flying and it was a, it was a really good, you know, first 10, 15 minutes. Well, not 15 minutes, 10 minutes. Um but like John said, yeah, going back to four three three, I think, and obviously Kieran Bland was playing left back, wasn't he? Um, but I also found that a strange decision with with um, seven Who's in the middle, Long um, and Long and McNally, yeah. So yeah. it raises a question, really, that 
Seddon really has fallen out of favour, I think, in the last, well, couple of months. Because, yeah. you know, Kieran Brown, who obviously can play fullback and is decent at it, and he's proved that in the last couple of games. I think he's actually been one of our best players in the last few games. Um, but playing left-back in that game was really strange because obviously Sam Long then played at centre-half. And then we had, was it was it Ryan Williams at right-back? And again, you, I think, so like when you alluded to in the last game with Sykes for their goal, we're starting to see a little bit of defensive naivety, I think, from these makeshift fullbacks. And I think that in that game, I found it a very strange decision to play to play um, Brown at left back and, and not at centre half, and obviously push push Longy out on the right. It was it was weird. Well, I think that was definitely called out. And William, I think the last pod we were singing Williams's praises, weren't we? I think he he's been an absolute standout yeah, performer definitely. for like the runner games before, and then um, I have to say, Brad Kieran Brown, um, I think the last three games he's been our best player, yeah, uh, or he's definitely been he's been up there because he he did really well away at Plymouth, um, even though we obviously ended up losing that he was he was still really good against Morecambe, um, and then Sunderland I thought he was absolutely. He bossed it on that left left side. Um, obviously, yeah. the goal, their second goal, we'll get to that. It was a shame because it kind of overshadowed his performance, but I still think he got man the match. Um, anyway, Morecambe's... So we take the lead, but Morecambe's first goal, again, we were talking about it before we started recording, I think. Um, John, this, this upset you a little bit watching back, didn't it? But it was just one of those non... I thought it was just unlucky. Personally, it was a deep free kick. We kind of poorly cleared it and then it was just poked back into the net. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there is a hint of unlucky about it. But it's something that if you kind of watch the other team when we're attacking, doesn't happen that much. And Morecambe did this thing that, jumping slightly ahead to Sunderland did, they managed to make it so compact in their own areas that we're constantly sort of getting the ball around the edge and having to sort of jink left right try and bend our way past to get a shot off other teams don't have to do that we give them so many pockets of space yeah and and equally i mean you find mcnally's header is okay and maybe this comes back to the whole sort of defensive midfield i mean goran's not a silver bullet for this team but it's that sort of person who would have gone where's the second ball going to land and there must be a reason why a lot of these things are not being anticipated because of the nature of the players that are in the team and so it's the, and if you contrast that with the goal that we scored for Taylor that was a beautiful goal it was like built up all over the park and then suddenly we earned a bit of space Sykes drives into it lovely ball Taylor great finish when's the when's the last time we had a just sort of pinged it in the box rattled around a bit and then we just poked it in True. It's, not, it's, a, it's a hard one to kind crew, of explain yeah. crew away crew definitely one nil win yeah <laughs> definitely but, then <laughs> that was quite a few games ago yeah and that's one goal whereas we but, seem yeah. to like to give teams these goals the and, yeah. and it's not like there's no sign I don't think there's a science behind it. I, mean, I don't know how much you can coach some of this stuff out but I think it's just there's something yeah, the, there. it does the fact though that that crew got me and Connor were saying crew at the same time it stands out because it doesn't happen very often yeah yeah <laughs> we're was, both yeah. saying the same game was brown was um, two yeah. months ago or whatever yeah so they yeah. they obviously um equalized on the 14th minute and then herbie kane um the thing is with this like he he and it's been said you know i like how we can segue on to talking about players but it's been a long time since people said he hasn't been the same since uh, that sending off at Lincoln. When did yeah. we play Lincoln? I mean, like, 
Kane has just not been for me anyway the same player that was like grabbing games and running the team no, and dictating the I play and I just I don't really understand what's happened but just, it definitely mm. didn't help that he j- tried to kind of dummy the ball through his legs and then gave yeah, ultimately yeah. I think, stopped in a goal you've started to see little bits of the Herbie Kane come back in the last six or eight games like there was one game I forget which one it was but he, he slid Taylor in down the side with a lovely ball and I think Taylor scored or it might have been White off the off the back it was of the it. Shrewsbury, Shrewsbury yeah. away. And yeah. he is one of the few players in our team, Henry's can do it, who can actually genuinely split a defence and play through the lines with passes. I think the fact is he's just overloaded because he has been given this kind of you're the shielding midfielder and also you've got to unlock the game at the same time. And teams will no doubt kind of know that. But he's equally he's off form and he does stupid things like that drag back and then sp- I know it wasn't. I mean, it probably wasn't that close because I'm. I watched it on some of the highlights, but almost pretty soon after that, he did a similar yeah. thing on the edge of the area, and Cole stops and gets the ball. And I thought, I mean, it was highlights. I know they weren't going to score, but he should have <laughs> scored the chance he had, and it would have yeah. been three-one. I found it really frustrating that KR defended him. I, I, I mean, I, I know I just said what I just said. As a def- I found it annoying that he defended him because I'm not expecting to throw him under the bus, but when KR came out at the end of the game and said that he'd, he slipped, it was like, he didn't slip. Like he didn't check his shoulder and he tried to fuck around with it and he lost but the ball. I do, I do and then buy, it came to a goal. And it, I buy it, that defence though. Like, yeah. in, I, I yeah, accept yeah. that like the amount of times um, like Kane will drop a shoulder to try and create space when he's under a bit of pressure and then that takes one of their players out of the game. I kind of understand that he was basically saying, that has to happen. But the thing is, I just think that was not the moment. Uh, everyone made mistakes, but that it was just plain, like plainly obvious yeah. that now's not, not the not time. Away, not not time to do Tuesday it. when the no, weather's when it's, awful. Yeah, when it's so when you're three wet, one up, just, yeah. when you're three one up in the eighty third exactly. minute, maybe it's you, a good yeah. point you make that absolutely he should. You want him to have the mindset because he does often. He will do. He will do it successfully most of the time. Yeah, um, yeah. but he's just. It'd be interesting to see whether we go after him. Regardless, well, next season because I, I imagine I in training, I imagine in training he is ridiculous. I imagine every, every mm. single training session a manager goes, "There's no way I can't play him." And then yeah. in-game I situation, agree. you see where we're at, and there's there's I who part there's who partners him and all that jazz to think about. But yeah, he's an inter- it's an interesting one for us. I seriously think I seriously don't think we'll see him in an Oxford shirt again after this season. I don't Barnsley, think so either. Barnsley going to come down. Yeah, um, he's still got a couple of years left on his Barnsley contract. There's no way on earth we'd be paying big bucks to sign him. Barnsley will want him to run the midfield in League One next season, especially after the performances he has shown that he's capable of this season. Because yeah. I still think, I still think he's a like you just said there, John. He's an absolutely fantastic football player. Like his his vision is something I haven't seen in the, well, other than Henry, like James said, you know, other than Henry, I think his vision is something that is is absolutely imperative to the way we played prior to his to his uh, red card. But I think, yeah, I think, I think everything we've just said was, was really important. I think he's been overloaded with certain responsibilities. He's not perhaps um, either capable of doing or that he likes doing since, you know, since having to play a little bit deeper, I don't think he really enjoys doing that. I think he'd rather be a bit more free. Um, and it is a shame because I, I, I have enjoyed watching him this season. And it's just, it is kind of a bit of a shame that we won't see him again. I, I yeah, can't imagine I anyway. I don't, I, I agree with you. My only thought on that is that, I actually don't. I I think the money 
Kane obviously cost Barnsley what was it, one point two mil, and his wages must be ridiculous, really. And like, yeah, the the way I see it is that thing that happened in January where we paid them a bit more money when they were in a relegation scrap and struggling with their squad made me think maybe there was something in that that was like a commitment for us to buy him. But I I reckon there might have been a thing around them getting relegated that would maybe change, like give Barnsley yeah, back that the course, option as yeah. to what they want to do. Yeah, um, maybe. But I'd be, I'd be really interested. Speculating again. Yeah, but I, I do yeah. think there was something strange about we yeah. definitely upped the money to keep him for the rest of the season. Often you can see Barnsley might say, right, we want a commitment of money in the summer so we can start planning what we want to do um so that type of stuff does does go about doesn't it so i'm just um speculating yeah, well, maybe but, if um yeah. maybe if the mcnally money comes through from spurs <laughs> in our other speculative but, bollock section then we uh we might we might stick on herbie kane who knows yeah exactly right um worth saying that obviously winnell came on for his fleeting like you know out of the death appearance and to be what fair is- well, you say that, but he should have scored. And it, it was just that ridiculous. That We're not was, having yeah. much luck. I know it's been widely publicised, but keepers are saving, you know, making worldy saves all the time, aren't they? And that, that one at the end at Morgan yeah, just made me feel sick. It was a great save. And, and as part of the goalkeepers' union, I had to tip my hat to him because it was a phenomenal save. It was frustrating to watch it, obviously, as an Oxford fan. But the, that, yeah, that was a special save. It really yeah. was. Um, One of the best you'll see this season, I think. So then the Plymouth game was a must win. Morecambe was a must win. Um, we then go to Sunderland at home, which is obviously another must win. Everything, Not everything can be a must win if you're still not out of it, is the thing at Wes here. But I kind of, I get the gist. Anyway, another sellout crowd. Finally, like our back four looked, you know, had more McNally in the middle. Obviously, Elliot Moore being back mm-hmm. makes such a difference to the look and feel of the whole teams you just see a spine emerge out yeah. of nowhere um and then you've got um brown still sticking a left back which he absolutely deserved to do because he he needs he need to keep that place in the team and then long went back out to right back i thought john we looked really good in defense for pretty much the whole game and we it just looked like there was a big st- a structure to it we brought in the long throws with brown and we just looked phys- physical and sunderland offered for, for me, very little as a result. I couldn't really, yeah, couldn't disagree with that. I thought the four three three was was kind of playing as it has before. Um, I think we can always be a bit quicker at times when we when we play it, but like you say, Sunderland really did offer very little, and you were looking at them going, well, if they somehow get into the playoffs, I don't see them being successful, and we all know the amount of pressure they're under from their fan base, so. They they really didn't offer that much at all, really. Um, again, just were slightly more polished in the system that they've played all all season. Um, but but yeah, it's it's kind of again like this will come to it. It's just sort of the making the most of it when the situations come. Yeah, that's it. And again, similar to Morecambe's first, it was another one of those. Sunderland's first goal was just one of those pinball-y type falls for him and decent finish. But again, we were unlucky. It was a, it was it was a lucky goal to a degree. They had obviously they've got some good players. They've got some quality, so they looked dangerous at times. And it did feel like we were they were always going to have phases and periods in the game. 
with Sunderland. But um, but you felt like we should have won, like we should have, not we should have won, but we should have beat. They were there for the taking. Yeah, we should have buried them earlier. Yeah. yeah. It was important Definitely. that we got we once more got the equal. I remember saying we need to make sure we're back level at half time and reset again. Yeah. Then shooting towards the Jim Smith stand, and we did it. We got we got in at half half time, and actually we started to play the better football towards the end of the half. And then second half, Connor, I thought we were. I actually thought it was an excellent performance from us. I just felt yeah. we deserved to win. You've got to think we are playing Sunderland at the same time. And you've got to think about all the money that's been chucked into building up their squad for this season. We yeah. made them look distinctly average, and we were just so unlucky. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I we, thought uh, yeah. we still didn't make particularly good decisions with the sort of the final ball in the final third. I thought mm. Sykes was pretty poor on that side of things, and I actually come back to thinking that actually the player that you'd back in those in that sort of ball final delivery to come in is actually Ryan Williams out of the current squad. If you think about Holland, White and Sykes, it's it wasn't good enough at the time. Bowden hits the crossbar, kind of has a has another sort of jinking moment that goes goes wide. But yeah, I mean if if we'd won that two one, it would have been just just deserved. Oh. Bowden had one of those moments, but I think Sykes did hang one up back post for Kieran Brown to come on to, and that was the worldy save of, of the day from the yeah, other one, where it looked like it was behind. Yeah. You know, it was one of them where the keeper's diving it. backwards to like claw it back out, mm. and you're just thinking, for God's sake, it's just because that would have put us two one up, and you're just thinking, yeah, it's just not going to happen, is it? That was that was kind of the moment I think for me when it just wasn't going to happen. But I'd never expect. I had to say, I might have thought it never going to happen for us, but I didn't expect us to concede. I really didn't expect us to give it away like we did. I think that was possibly that was the most frustrating part about the whole game. It's just okay, we played pretty well. Well, we played very well in the second half. And again, it's like it's very classic of um, when KR has come out recently at the end of a few games and said, you know, I can't ask any more of my players. And to be honest with you, I think this was one of the games where, you know, that actually that rang true. I thought we were very good, but unfortunately, the lack of concentration at the back again has cost us. And I don't think it was a particularly great winning goal. Um, and well, but it's composure in the yeah. big moment. Yeah, oh, oh, I agree. That that part was definitely, that's, and that's the thing that was we've not shown in the last four or five, possibly more than that. That it was a simple kind of sideways pass to the guy, and he just ran onto it, and it went in the bottom corner, and you knew it was going to go in the bottom corner. Yeah, but it's interesting, though, isn't it? Because we've. We've been so clinical this season. We're the top goal scorers in the league, for Christ's sake. You know, we have been unbelievably clinical at times. And it just seems to be that it's this, this kind of the lack of that clinical edge has come at a really, really poor time for us, given the fact how defensively frail we are. And that's actually the reason why we're losing games. We've gone for a journey with that this season, though, because I mean, you could say Pompey at home, 2 1 down against 10 men, looking. Like nothing's going to happen, but we all we just kept finding ways to win. Sheffield Wednesday at home, that other three-two, you know, kept finding a way to get the goals. And I just, it just felt to John's point that it re, we just seemed a bit starved of ideas in the final third, and players that definitely have the quality just seemed to. We, I know the amount of times what's frustrating, especially on the right hand side against London, the amount of times we got down on the right wing where there's lots of space and there's just one man to run at to either yeah. like p- you know pick out a pass early or like take him on and just the wrong decision it just was never quite 
there. Um, and but that's the that's the thing we're playing like. I can't, I've, I've got got over everything because, and we, we kept saying this, but we played Plymouth, who were a playoff, um, playoff competitor. You played Sunderland. We played Ipswich, who were kind of still pushing at that point in time. We're really, strugg- we're really struggling to get over the line. Obviously, Morecambe was just the icing on the cake. Like We don't, at this moment in time, deserve to be fluttering around the playoffs based on an inability under the pressure to really get over the line. Sorry, John. No, I, I think you're, it's, and I think our record has improved against teams that are kind of in and around us and higher up slightly this season. But some of those teams have got a factor that we haven't in the last few games because they've just continued their their momentum. Um, I just I couldn't find this, and I'm, but I just imagine our shots to goal conceded must be ridiculous, and yeah. our shot our shots to goal ratio I think is no real different to most other teams. But it's because you know, and we've obviously scored a lot of a lot of goals. Um, but it's the goals at the right time. Isn't yeah, it? I put um, in in the notes in the what has gone wrong section. Um, three go- scoring three in four games isn't bad, but to Connor's point, we're the record. You know, we're we're currently leading the way this season in terms of goals scored. So it's just losing our touch at kind of the worst possible time albeit we're playing against three of those four games are against teams that are always going to provide kind of sterner given as well that KR effectively confirmed about three or four weeks ago that we are this is how we're going to play we just play offensive football I mean he effectively said we're just going to outscore who's in front of us he didn't say we're not bothered about defending and he alludes (laughs) to sort of defensive you know we can talk about the number of different lineups we've had and all that sort of stuff but he is kind of saying that like that is how we're going to do it. And th- that team rarely goes up or needs a lot of luck. And we ran out of luck. But yeah. Do you yeah, think, though, that like, I, I wrote the word now, like, are we lacking that experience and now like running through the team when to get over those tough situations? Like, I, Connor, we, we were missing Brannigan and Moore yeah. for three of those four games. I don't um, know. I, I don't know. I... I... I think really it goes back to this this defensive issue that we've been harpered with for most of the season. I really do think this is one of the biggest problems and downfall of us this season and, and last season as well. Really, you know, since we lost since we lost um, Thornley back in January, um, you know, things have not been as as half as stable as they were. And obviously, with Elliot Moore's injury, it's a big big hit for us. And I, I feel like. I don't, I don't think it's, it's it's a particular lack of nous. I think we've still got players on the pitch, even without Brannigan and without um, without more that provide enough of that. Um, I just think our defensive issues and have really been our downfall this year. We might be able to score outscore most teams, but when push comes to shove, if more goals are going in the other end, you know we're we're going to struggle against that. And uh, and I'm also interested to see. I don't know if you two have any opinions on this on on the goalkeeper situation as well, because I noticed after. Um, I think it was the Plymouth Plymouth game, I think, or no, sorry, the Morecambe game, where I was on I was on Twitter and I saw quite a few a few people pointing the finger at, at um, Stevens because saying like, oh, you know, how many how many saves does he make that are like that? You know, those kind of like game winning saves and all the rest of it, which I think was a bit of a bit of a harsh comment, I think, to be brutally honest, because I think obviously those those opportunities only arise at certain times. But mm. I, I'm I'm intrigued to see what happens with the goalkeeper situation, whether or not because we'd be, be jumping back and forth between. Eastwood yeah, but I don't. Stevens, I don't think that's his, a problem. Like, it's good. 
it's much, it's really rare that you have that competition. I don't, I think both of them, Stevens can improve. Eastwood's probably, you know what you're getting. And he's doing less of the, like, Benny Hill jogging across the... There's been a, there was one, though, wasn't there, the other day? There was one the other day. There was definitely one. <laughs> no, I don't, yeah. think it, I don't think it's our biggest issue. No, I wasn't saying it was our biggest issue. Definitely no, yeah. not. I, I think they're definitely if you not. You talk about Naus, then the defensive Naus to defend for 95 minutes a 1-0 lead, then probably not. Um, no. That sort of side yeah. of things, absolutely. It's more. It's more well, the character. It's Elliot more Moore the characters, that, though. though. Does he? Does yeah. Elliot Moore add that on his own? If Elliot Moore's in the back four, not really. I don't think our back four's been strong enough. The point I, well, I'm trying to make since since uh, Thornley left, anyway. If we, it's like you're two one down at Morecambe. Sort sort this shit out. You've got sixty minutes to do it. When you've got, I feel like when you've got Brannigan on the pitch, like when we're losing two one at home to Wednesday or losing two one to Pompey. You see that in him. You see that frustration and the way it, like, he kind of embodies it and then channels it into everyone around him. That might, right. I might be like, but no, a settling presence, like Chris Hargreaves, is a brother just at the top of my head because I saw him doing something the other day. But someone that's kind of not there necessarily for their brilliant attributes, simplest, but someone who can in that situation who's got who's just an older head who who can do Paul that. McLaren Nicky Paul Rowe. McLaren you can yeah. go back to like Nicky Rowe <laughs> yeah Martin Gray yeah. like you know like, it's all well and good saying this for this year but what happens next season then when you know when Cameron Brannigan doesn't play for us anymore and right. you know we lose some I'm not saying he not saying he definitely will leave but you know are we going to replace these types of players with you know I think that's that's the point I'm getting at is like I, I just feel like that balance isn't quite Right, but we're obviously emotionally charged and sad. We moment. are, yeah. I mean, I I get frustrated. I think with the last couple of the last, I'm sure we all we've all been frustrated in the last couple of weeks of what's gone on. But I think to point fingers at individuals is not really the way forward. I know we've done it a few times in this podcast, <laughs> as in oh, it all knits point, together. Right? Yeah, it definitely does. Agreed. That's kind of I think it speaks to a bigger point, really, doesn't it? That, we have had a pretty shitty season when it comes to injuries at key times to key yeah. players and defensively for the second year in a row, we have not been good enough and, and we haven't we've had, had defensive cover either. 19 different defensive lineups this season within 42 league matches. I mean, that's ridiculous. 19. It's crazy. Eight yeah, clean, no, eight no clean sheets all season. Record. Eight clean sheets all season, just two in 18 matches in 2022. So and far. and about and I'm I'm not criticizing this because I think it it has been something we've lacked but we've now we've probably had about four or five different tactical systems that we've tried and part of that is responding to the injuries la- the injuries and and the lack of like I think we went to three at the back because Seddon just wasn't it wasn't happening with Seddon for example yeah. so we need we need to do, so it's all explainable but but actually if you switch around systems that will disturb things as, it, as well and you've got to say the the bulldog coming in alongside matty that was just working like yeah. more so than any system we've kind of moved to it just seemed to click and then suddenly you're like oh my god this is you know at that point you're thinking um right we're done you know we're, we're set for the season now with this with this setup so you've got to give kr a bit of um 
you know, it's not it's not his fault ultimately that Baldock and those guys have just got injured. No, no, and I'm yeah, at the yeah. point on and in the past I've probably been critical of KR for like it was four three three or nothing and can we, you know, try four two three one and all that sort of thing. So I'm not saying we shouldn't be trying different formations and they I think it's just part of the mix that they will have an impact on defensively how we play. But like you say, the Bulldog coming in, what a difference he's made. And we're all saying if he was still fit, we probably wouldn't be in the situation. But the formation we moved to with him absolutely worked. So it's just a sort of a myriad of change almost. So at the wrong time. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. A lot lot of, I have to say a lot of, as, as much as we talk, we try to be quite analytical at this sort of thing. I do think a lot of it has has definitely gone down to lady luck. I think at times we have been quite unlucky again when it comes to injuries. I mean, I don't really know what more you know some of us can expect at times. I think the the games that we have, unfortunately, you know, particularly the the um, the Plymouth game and the Sunderland game were what you would class as very frustrating results given the performances, and then the Morecambe game was just kind of a little bit unacceptable I think really with the way that went down but um, we have certainly been unlucky at times and I think the, that's kind of been a theme throughout the season really with I, don't, I don't know if the clean sheet thing is as an unlucky so we're 17th in the league if you look at the clean sheet stats where we've got eight all season and I, I know that I just think that's always been a theme. I was going to say, do you, do you know what that was last? I'd love to know what the stats were last season for that because I bet they're quite similar. Well, like every we, season. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. it's yeah. that's a running theme of Carl Robinson's teams. And again, yeah. I think we take that when we're the top scorers in the division because of you're generally outscoring teams and you're getting that you're getting results over the line. But it, like, he also Kr also said yeah. after the Morecambe game. The back four is a fundamental, this is a direct quote, the back four is a fundamental stability to build on and clean sheets is what we all want. We don't have a back four to build on and that's the frustration. So we haven't had a back four since January, really, have we? Because obviously since Thornley disappeared and obviously the injury. But again, I think it goes back to the dealings that we do with the transfer market as well because we... We don't. We don't seem to focus our attention on on the. We, we signed. There was that cliche, wasn't there? We signed how many more wingers are we going to have, and how many more wingers are we going to sign? Well, why don't we sign a couple more centre halves <laughs> instead? Well, we don't just... need. We don't need Gorin every game, and Gorin's not silver bullet. He's a high quality League One defensive midfielder. That's about his ceiling. But and Kane and Branningham or Kane McGuane will work in some games. But the fact that we didn't think that we're going to need that option for some games. I think we'll always wrangle with a lot of people. But at times, we just didn't need it. So you can't... That's Again, it's not a big reason because at some games, we just we could get away with it. Yeah. Um, right. Let's leave, if you look at the table in League One, obviously, we kind of referenced it right at the top of the pod. But you've got Wickham, Sunderland and Wednesday on unbeaten runs, at least five games unbeaten. I, I imagine some of those teams, it stretches on beyond that. But we're now four points off... Um, those three teams and with it all to do basically. So it's not, it's not like it's still possible. All it takes, imagine if we went into good Friday or like, is it good Friday when we're playing Fleetwood this Friday? Friday, And, but if, if, if one of those teams loses and we beat Fleetwood, suddenly we're all going, Oh, straight away it's back on again. Like, it's just as simple Mm. as that. It's like, yeah, it's when, I think it's, it's when the games start ticking down and the number of your chances starts to diminish. So right now, it 
you can kind of make your head work yeah. out and say there's four chances and you know which Sheffield Wednesday I think have got a tough game on Friday as have Plymouth or some something like that so yeah one of them, they, they've got games in hand as well haven't they? Yeah. Sheffield Wednesday and Sunderland but I think one of them are playing Rotherham away as their game in hand so there's thing there's still a lot of teams that are due to to play each other yeah Sheffield Wednesday yeah. away at MK this Friday I think Plymouth are away at Wickham. Sunderland um, are playing Plymouth as well. After the yeah, I so think you, on, so, on you know, Tuesday, it comes down. We definitely to need it. to get three points against. We definitely need to pick up. <laughs> it's three a must win against, yeah. It is a must win because <laughs> it's not being funny. I think if we if we don't, if we don't get three points of Fleetwood, I think we can probably kiss goodbye to it. I think to be honest. Oh, I mean, we've literally got to win every single game. That's the only way we can possibly mm. get in. Is you have to win every game. Yeah. And then again, unfortunately, now it's it's in the hands of other teams as well. We can do our bit, but we need other teams to slip, which is the frustrating thing. Exactly. Which is what we've really, that's what we've conceded really in the last four games, isn't it? We've conceded that opportunity and we've given it to other teams to make you know put the ball in their court to slip up, which is not which is what we didn't want. But here we are. Milton <laughs> that's the reality, Keynes. Unfortunately, I cannot believe Milton Keynes. The fact that they're second in the league after that run. And they're now three points ahead of Rotherham, but they played two games more. But they must be really fancying themselves now. Rotherham have really started tripping I, up as well. I think Plymouth are the surprise package for me this season, to be honest with you. Mm. Still, I think we all thought they'd run out, of, run out of steam, yeah. given the way they play. And um, after they lost their manager as well. I just want to go to that pub you all you all talk about with the the flies in Rotherham, full of joy that there's something with on the some game. Hope. Well, yeah, that's, that's the thing, isn't it? You just, if we beat Fleetwood, that MK game is going to be ridiculous. Like, it'll, there'll be so much on it for both both teams. It'll be massive. Um, anyway, John, you've done some prep for Fleetwood on Friday. Yeah, I mean, I think just because we, I think MK on Tuesday, as you just said, there's no preview is not really necessary for that. I think with, with Fleetwood, it's just interesting to get some context on, on where they are and they really are just sort of grubbing along, really. They're, they're 19th level with Morecambe and Gillingham in a shootout for probably the last relegation or one of two relegation spots. Lincoln are sort of six points ahead of them and look safe enough. Um, and they've kind of, they're not, there's no obvious sort of form turnaround. Um, I think they've had sort of one win in 16 from January, looks looks like. Um and you know they've been thwacked by Wigan, Ipswich, Sunderland, and Wickham. Um, they've had three games in a row at home recently, and they lost lost to Accrington last time out. And there's a good um, it's worth finding the clip of their keeper getting sent off because it's one of yeah, these where yeah, yeah. comes for a ball and like he's at least a, a meter out of his box, but he still decides to sort of soar and sort of catch slash punch it away and get sent off. And then 94th minute they concede the the winner. Um, so there's no obvious signs that they're sort of stirring at all, but it's the cliche that they're fighting for their lives and we've got to go there and win there. And even if the current context of us sort of messing it up wasn't here, we'd still need to go. And if we didn't win this, we wouldn't deserve to go up. It's one of those sorts of yeah, sorts uh, of games. Well, I mean, we've said that a few times already. But when, uh, yeah, I don't know if you guys have seen that um, screenshot. It's not helpful for people listening. But if you just kind of screenshot Fleetwood season, it's so, it's bizarre. Like they had 
a, a spell of 13 games where they had one win between September and December, like one win in 13. Then they had a good middle period around December and January where they got 13 points from 18, including beating Rotherham at home and smashing Bolton 3-0 as well. And then since then, they've then gone to what you said, John, one win in 16 from January up to now. And that was a 3-1 win away at Crew, who were just shocking. So, yeah, I mean, we've got to fancy ourselves to (laughs) at least keep it on. They've still got some useful players that we talked about last when we played them earlier in the season. So they're not like a god-awful team with nothing to play for. It's just... Has Paddy Madden come back? No, he's gone to take the money at Stockport County. Um, But they've got Ellis Harrison up front that we were sort of linked with. And it's... um, yeah, I think we're all fearful. I think it's a bit fearful, but I suppose the pressure is somewhat off us, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, it's, yeah, that's a weird, it's, yeah, it's like a weird analogy, that, isn't it? It's like the pressure's off us because we've kind of fucked ourselves over a little bit, but also it is kind of on us because it's technically not dead yet. That's so. the first swear, and we're like just over. No, he said he swore earlier. No. Uh, Hang on a minute. Hang earlier. on a minute. James and John, you have both sworn before me in this podcast, and when we listen back to it, you can tell. So let's not point the finger. <laughs> I'm sick of this reputation. Fuck off. <laughs> you you, you earned, kind of earned it. Well, that's all right. Tough, tough shit. <clears throat> right. We did have a section that was looking at um, thinking about the rebuilding job we need to do next season. Um where I categorise players into old shit or on loan or contract James, up. seriously, stop this language. <laughs> for Christ's sake. For any parents listening at one hour Sorry, and two yeah. minutes, please uh, move your children away. Um, it's all right, they'll, they'll learn the words eventually. <laughs> I think we'll save that based on how the the season pans out, basically. But um, I'm, I'm confident we won't have to have that chat after Fleetwood, basically. I'm, I'm putting it there. I'm going to predict, we didn't do predictions. I'm going to predict a oh God. 4-1 win to <laughs> kick the season back off. Yeah. Gone. 3-1. Connor. 1-0 yeah. loss. No, I'm joking. Um, no, no. I think, I think we'll, we'll turn them over to 2-0, I think. Clean sheet. Clean yeah. sheet. What's wrong with yeah. you? Yeah, clean sheet. We've well, not been listening. Well, no, no, no. We're, we're all slightly deluded, so I think... I might as well just add to that by offering a clean sheet. So, yeah, why not? Why not? The one thing I'd say is if we do mess it up, like I'll, I think I'll feel that sense of relief that we aren't going to have a third consecutive over. playoff yeah. campaign fail, yeah. and that yeah. become our thing. Oh, we're the team yeah. that always gets in the playoffs and loses all the time. I swear, <laughs> like Preston or someone were one of them. Like, <laughs> can I just add that on the screen in front of us where you've got the next season rebuilding the squad thing, and you've got the players and then you've got like a description next to them how you've got jack's a supposed player of the season and then in brackets shit next to it secret notes but still jack, jack was like steve said going to be player of the year this year <laughs> well, saying, first court of the season you know yeah he had his well, moments after yeah. the first half of the first game of the season he was player of the season he scored against cambridge didn't he I'm sure we're we're gonna take life. some consolation in that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think I think the thing is, where as as fans, when you actually just look at the squad as a whole and start thinking about next season, it's going to look completely different. 
Like there's will, yeah. there's going to be such a rebuild job, no matter what division we're in. Um, and it's, it's just big, it's just big one. Yeah, <laughs> oh, come on, let's finish on a positive. Anyway, remember remember Brown is is already there for for next season. So that's Marcus Brown. Yeah, well, that's it. It's Marcus Brown and two goalkeepers, and then we're set. (laughs) That's it. And Elliot Moore. And and sorry, and Anthony Ford. Yeah, Elliot Moore. Done. Done. Um, The midfield is that. That's um, that looks like it will be pretty decimated for next season. I I'm, I think we will be a can, bit sad that McGuane hasn't kicked on to someone that's going to yeah. lead that midfield. I, well. I retain I retain faith in McGuane for next season. I think yeah. I, I I couldn't necessarily defend that right at the minute, but I think there's still anyway. There's still a, there's yeah. I, there. I, like let's stop let's stop the no, pods. No, no 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 no. There's there's one thing I do need to add, and um, I, I should have mentioned this earlier. It was about Mark Sykes. I um I was I was teaching the other day and. Um, I made reference to Oxford United in one of my lectures and one of my students came up to me and, and she was like, oh, you're an Oxford fan. I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. She says, oh, you'll know my cousin. My cousin's Mark Sykes. So I was obviously fanboying big time and I was like, oh, can you get me a signed shirt? Blah, blah, blah. Should have asked said, her to call then, him. No, listen, yeah, I should have actually. But I said to her, have you heard any rumours about him leaving? And she said, no, because Sykes's partner has a long-term contract working in Oxford. So if there's any if there's any uh, consolation in the fact that Sykes' girlfriend works in Oxford, let's hope he stays for another year. I'd, <laughs> I'd what, be absolutely... That's what I took from that gobsmacked if he did. For a player that's just got into the proper Ireland squad, that had interest from Huddersfield and who else yeah. was it? Like, I, I cannot Wigan. see him. I can't see him staying. No, I totally agree. But I was just like, you know, thanks for the inside scoop. But, you know... Plus, he can uh, uh, he can rent somewhere as well when he goes. Of course, you can. But I, I, if 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 she's if she's lying to me and he leaves next week, I'll um give her an F. Well, I'll uh, <laughs> she's not a school she's not a school student job. I think so. Uh, if you I'll, give, I'll, 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 I'll drop a right, drop a give, grade by a couple of give percent. her a third then. Yeah, dedicate yeah. um dedicate like a third of every lecture on Mark Sykes. Until you get the, <laughs> the information that we need to be a cutting-edge podcast and deliver the news to the people. Uh, she can come be a guest, guest appearance. Oh, right. Um, final thing we were saying, me and John were having a chat before we started recording. We we're saying we need to get better at listener engagement. So we need more questions on the socials, polls, shout-outs. But um, if people do get in touch with us, just ask us things or whatever. We'll try and include it on... Um, future episodes but we've got i think that's for us to sort ourselves out isn't it guys yeah and it's if, not for the and if you do have a problem if you have a problem with swearing then you can obviously tag me in that in that tweet yeah, please give no. connor feedback directly and i will yeah give it to me directly because i will happily ignore you so thanks oh well i won't <laughs> neither will john because we're nice human beings don't message connor right thanks for listening everyone we're gonna win at fleetwood don't worry it's still on We're going to win the league. Bye.